Hey friends, welcome to another episode of Part of Our Fabric, the Fleece and Thank You podcast. We are in an exciting conversation today. We're kicking off Childhood Cancer Awareness Month with a series of interviews with amazing stories of some of our friends who have battled childhood cancer and are just sharing some of the things that they've learned and the things that we can learn about those different journeys. Today, we are talking with the great Hannah Thomas. You've heard us talk about her before. She's an absolute rock star. She has a shirt on that says, happy to be here. And Hannah, I'm happy that you're here. Welcome to Part of Our Fabric. Thank you. Yeah, I'm, I'm very happy to be here too. And first time on a podcast as yes, well. Yes, very first time. What do you think so far of all the microphones and things? I mean, it's kind of cool to hear my voice. Isn't like, it? The, yeah, yeah, like you really hear it. Yeah, it's cool. I yeah, like it. <laughs> for sure. Awesome. Well, thanks for coming. We've had a little bit of a conversation before to kind of put some direction around the conversation. But the idea behind an interview like this is to just bring more awareness, to do our part in September for Childhood Cancer Awareness Month, to bring more awareness around childhood cancer in general and all the things that come with those types of journeys. I also make sure before we get started, I have to point out that in the audience today are Hannah's amazing parents. So thank you so much uh, for both of you for coming and for everything that you've been and done for Hannah over the last couple of years. Uh, the Thomas family has been amazing supporters of Fleece and Thank You, and I'm excited to have uh, all of you here. If there's anything that you do want to jump in and say while we're talking, just let me know. And they're off microphone, but I'll be able to just kind of reiterate what they say. If you want to jump in at any point, just uh, feel free. Open conversation here. Um, so, Hannah, I'm excited to chat. I'm excited, too. Why don't we start at the beginning, the best place to start? So um, maybe take us back to the days pre-diagnosis. Um, and then just kind of, you know, tell us a couple of the stories around that. I know there's something involved Disneyland. Yes. Uh, so I started getting these really bad headaches my sophomore year, towards the end of my sophomore year of high school. And one day my vision just started acting funny when I was getting the headaches. Um, we jumped around, looked at different doctors and such, but uh, nothing like they really didn't find anything um and we saw this one neurologist right before we went to france we had a two-week trip planned out to go to france and so they said i was just grinding my teeth in my sleep that it was no big deal and they gave me some medicine and they sent me on my way to france um this is sophomore in high school yeah right? sophomore and this was the summer between my sophomore and junior year of high school and so we were there and the first week of in France I mean my vision was still kind of bad but I remember like the worst headache I had with the longest time where my vision was getting really bad like I really noticed it we were actually on a tour of Paris and we were ne next to the Notre Dame and I got a really bad headache and it really hurt and I remember telling my parents and my uh my teacher was on the trip with us for uh our French class and from there I just kind of felt like it went a little downhill um, I started losing my vision more and then a fish and then like I officially lost a lot of it like I only really had my peripheral vision was the second week we were there we were actually staying at Disneyland Paris we're really big Disney fans so we of course we had to go stop there when we were in France favorite Disney character favorite Disney character oh Baymax I love Baymax Gosh, I feel I don't actually know who that is what movie he's is from he in? Big Hero 6 I think it came out in like wow. 2000 and 
12, 11, or 10? I'm like in the Peter Pan era. <laughs> That's what I thought you were going to go with, someone around there. So no. what's his name? Big- Baymax. Baymax. But okay. I like Hercules, too. That's from the 90s. Awesome. Yeah. yeah. I can get around Hercules. Yeah. We can agree on that one. Yeah. Okay, cool. So you're still you're at Disney Paris. Mm-hmm. Go ahead. And I was just, I had to be in a wheelchair because I just couldn't see, and I was walking, and I was getting all these bad headaches. And so we actually ended up just staying in the hotel room for a few days. And um, we were in constant contact with my ophthalmologist, um, who's a close family friend of ours. And uh, she was like, the day you come home, we will get some, like, scans done because we're not sure what it is, what's going on. And I was in her office for, like, maybe five hours. And unfortunately, she was sick. She wasn't feeling well. So she didn't want to contaminate with me, me with anything. So a bunch of her residents were there. And we all these tests. And it was just, it was getting really boring. But I knew that it was for, there's, they need to find out what's wrong. And these and, are all eye tests. Yeah, all eye so tests. So, like, the cancer word is, like, not even on the radar Yeah, no, like, yeah. We're and thinking it's in something with the eyes. Yeah, we're thinking it's, like, this this thing. It's, like, a fake tumor that your eyes can, like, develop, and, like, it, it makes it, you take wow. medicine for it. Did everything. you have to come back early from Paris and that No, trip, we or? actually came back the same time we were you supposed to come back. just finished it out. Yeah, yeah. But you had headaches the whole trip. Yeah, the whole time. Trip. And so the next day was the uh, 4th of July, and then she actually had me get an MRI and I talked to one of her neurologist friends and that's when they found the tumor and he told me that I had a tumor the size of a golf ball in my head that was I didn't even know it was cancerous either then too and the ophthalmologist found that and on those scans the neurologist neurologist. she's a neurologist friend that viewed them but she's the one who got me in for my MRI and everything she really helped throughout the way and got me in contact with her neurologist friend had him come in and view my scans and everything, which was great. She was really, really helpful. Even like now, she's still very helpful with everything. Um, and so the next morning, I was it was getting worse. And so my parents drove me to Mott. And I went in the emergency room. And they viewed it. And they're like, we're going to try to get this out. And once they did a biopsy on the tumor, they found out that it was cancerous and that I had medulloblastoma. Um, but it was already out of my brain. Um, out of your brain in a bad way or in a good way? And they already took it out. Like, oh, this is through after surgery. surgery. Yeah, Got sorry, it. I didn't make that clear. I'm sorry. Yeah, no, they already extracted it out of my brain through wow. brain surgery. What's the timeline on this? Like, you get home from Paris. I think it was July 1st. I got home from Paris. Yeah. July 2nd, I had I I met with the eye doctor. Then it was the third. I had scans. The 4th of July, nothing was open. The 5th of July, I met with the neurologist. The 6th of July, I went to Mott Children's Hospital. The morning of the 7th of July, I had my brain surgery. Wow. I wasn't even unpacked from France yet. Yeah, I mean, less than a week. Yeah, it was it was crazy. It was all so fast. And, like, it didn't really hit me until after I, like, came home. Like, I was already in, like, I spent, I think, seven days in the ICU and three days on the seventh floor of uh, Mott, which is the cancer floor. And it didn't hit me, like all of it didn't hit me until maybe the second day I was home. It, like I didn't realize what was like going on. Yeah. Yeah. So that surgery, that first surgery was on the 7th. The 7th of July of 2017. And that was an attempt to right away get in there. Let's see if we can just get this thing mm-hmm. out and like maybe we can get it all out and all will be well. Mm-hmm. And like they were able to get like, 
almost everything out, but there's like a certain part where like you don't want to cut into something. Mm -hmm. So that is why I had 30 days of radiation and eight rounds of chemo, which is eight months of chemo. Um, And I had this from, I started radiation beginning of August of 2017 and I ended like around the beginning of September and then I believe October is when I had my first round of chemo Hmm. and I had it until June of 2018. Do you know why you waited 30 days to start radiation? Did you have to heal from the surgery? Yeah yeah uh, yeah I and like other different like things I I'm not quite sure why they waited that long I feel I felt like it was so fast really but it was probably mainly healing because I was I was I didn't get a release from the hospital until the 18th and so I had to get my port in Mm -hmm. I had to get a spinal tap to see if there was any cancer in my spine because a lot of people don't know this but brain cancer like that can only travel to your spine it can't travel anywhere else wow and so that's why I had to get a spinal tap to make sure that my spinal fluid was like there was no signs of cancer, which yeah. there wasn't. So that was really good. Yeah. But they still like, even for radiation, I still had my spine, um, still had radiation to my spine for, I think, maybe, maybe 12, out, 13 out, out of the treatments, out of the 30 treatments um, I had to my spine. Wow. So I was, yeah, that was not fun because what they have to do is when you have radiation to your spine you have to be perfectly still and so they basically have to like strap your head and shoulders down to the table and because it's your back your face forward into like this thing it's the most uncomfortable thing you're face forward into and you're strapped down you can't itch anything and it's just uncomfortable and you're there for like the first time I was there I think I was there for like two hours no way so face down on a table strapped into a table yeah and you can't can you listen to music or you can um and like they can talk to you i know an option is that they could even play like a movie you couldn't view the movie but they could you could listen to it Uh or they could read a book to you or you can listen to music um i picked disney music nice i listened (laughs) to that for all my radiation i i even listened for that for all my mris um just the full disney soundtrack anything or a particular I think they movies. had Pandora, so it was ever that, like, shuffle that they have. Did they have the paid version with no ads, or did you have to listen no, to No, there were ads. ads. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You'd remember. You'd remember <laughs> I was the under the, yeah. I remember just being annoyed. <laughs> <laughs> and that included, the Disney music included, like, the Broadway versions of things. Mm-hmm. So, like, they're a little bit different. So, I mean, that was cool to listen to it. Like, I'm a musical theater fan, but there was just some renditions of the songs I did not yeah. like. And <laughs> they would be playing, and I'd be like, oh, I just sit through this. So that's 30 days of that. 30 days. Once a day? Uh, yes, once a day. And we had to drive up each day. So you're not staying there for those 30 days? No, I didn't stay there for those 30 days. Um, and it's good because after you kind of get the spine out of the way, you're there for like a shorter period of time. And it gets shorter and shorter. And I think my very last thing of radiation, I was only in that room getting radiation for seven minutes. Oh, wow. And it's like an hour drive from my house. <laughs> it just sucked. But it was cool because like, that was like when I got to ring my bell that I was done with radiation and yeah. everything. So. And going into that, did you know that there would have to be chemo after? Uh, yes. I feel like they asked me about that because I actually, every Wednesday during radiation, I'd have to go back to Mott and go to the seventh floor and go to infusion. And I would have to get, I think it was five, five, um, what? 
milligram, no, you know, milliliters mm-hmm. of uh, Van Christine, which is a form of chemo. Um, I had to get that every Wednesday. That's during the radiation? During the radiation. Got it. And Van Christine sucks. It makes, you can't feel the, your fingertips and your, like, really? the pads of your feet. Mm. So I started to lose my feeling with that, and it just, ugh, that was not fun. And this is in August? Yes, this was in August. So school's getting ready to start? Mm-hmm. So you haven't, you're not missing school to go to these, it's summer vacation. Um, cause it, I actually didn't go to school at all my junior year of high school. I did like basically homeschooling. Um, they had a teacher from Grosseal that came to me, um, twice a week, Tuesdays and Thursdays for like an hour. So I think they only had to come 45 minutes, but mm-hmm. I think you would stay about an hour and the rest of it was kind of on my own. Thank God my parents are teachers. <laughs> I would have not survived my junior year of high school without their help. Um, yeah. And then my math tutor, who I had from the previous year, she really helped me a lot too. She would actually come to my house yeah. and tutor me, um, which was great. And like that's the only reason why I passed pre-calculus because mm-hmm. she was there all the time and she was really sweet. And like my mom taught me my uh, English class. She was my English teacher. My dad was my chemistry teacher. Um, everyone was kind of my uh, my history teacher. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, like, when the teacher, when the actual teacher would come, the Groziel High School teacher would come, he would, like, just kind of, like, give me tests and, like, other things. Um, but I was allowed to take my tests with my math tutor, which was really nice, really nice, because it was nice to actually had someone who understood what I was talking about when I asked questions. For so, sure. Yeah, it was... Yeah. It was a little bit rough having that junior year, but I just, it, the chemo, like, it was it was so bad on my body that, like, thank goodness I was able to do that because I would have not made it in walking around school all the time, and it would have not been good. Yeah. So from, like, side effects of that, super, super tired, mm-hmm. um, what else, what are the other side effects? Very nauseous. I have been, I'm actually still nauseous all the time, every morning, uh, for post-chemo symptoms. Wow. But I've been nauseous since my second day of radiation. Wow. In 2017. Will that go away? I don't know. They don't know. Wow. Um, I have tried almost every nausea medicine possible. Um, other than the ones that like knock you out, yeah. I, didn't, I didn't want that, but they never worked for me. Yeah. They never worked for me. So I don't know when I won't be nauseous. And sometimes, uh, I, I think they told me after a year it should have gone away, but if it didn't, maybe it'd be like five years yeah. and they're not sure if it doesn't go away in five years, they don't know when mm-hmm. it's not really, they can't really predict it. It's different for everyone too. Um, and you were involved in some extracurricular activities in high school too, right? Were, were you able to do any of those, or were they all on pause for that year? Um, I mean, they were all kind of on pause. Um, for marching band, I was able, because I was still in marching band at the time, I didn't do it my senior year, but for my junior year, I was able to come up for skit night, um, which was fun for marching band camp. Yeah, that sounds like a fun the, night. Yeah, because uh, I was the person who wrote this the skits oh cool for the, so it was cool to perform my skit up there and then i was able to like i didn't get a play with them they offered but like and i was fitted for like a uniform and everything but i never had the chance um for theater i was still part of that uh the theater club um i still was able to make all well what i did is i made all the tickets and the programs and the posters and everything that was my job and I still came and visited them, like, for performances. Um, 
feel like that's all I was kind of a part of. Um, I mean, when I started doing the Fleece and Thank You fundraiser for Garziel High School, I contacted a lot of the clubs that I was still technically in, and they were really helpful mm-hmm. and everything, and they took different roles and stuff, uh, which was great. And it was, it was good because I was able to, like, still rejoin my senior year and be even more part of it now because I continued on the Fleece and Thank You fundraiser. So, like, it was all kind of there, which was good. Mm-hmm. And everyone was, like, really nice and really supportive. So that was really good. Yeah. So let's talk about the, the Fleece and Thank You part of the story. We met you. What month did we? November kind of, first... of 2017. So that's a couple months into starting Yep, that was chemo. my second round of chemo. And so you must have gotten a blanket going in for one of your rounds. Mm-hmm. How long are you there for when you have those rounds? Are you there for the I whole? I was there for four days. Four days at four a days. time. Yep. And then you go home for how many days? Um, Until my platelets come up and I can have chemo again. Oh, so, so that's a variable time. About a month. Okay. But I know one time it was like a month and a half. Wow. Mm-hmm. And you'd want that to you'd want that time to be quicker so you can get it. Get yeah, it just done. get it done. I was, yeah. But it's out of your control. Yeah. It's like you yeah. can't just sit there and be like, come on, platelets, let's <laughs> yeah. go. Yeah. Okay. So one of the times that you go in for the for the round and you're staying, you get given this blanket, and that's mm-hmm. when you first learn about fleece and thank you? I actually did not get my blanket during one of my rounds. Really? I got my blanket four days after my brain surgery. Wow. I haven't even I didn't even open my eyes yet after my brain surgery. Wow. I still my eyes closed all the time, and my dad told me that, someone dropped off a blanket for me and it made me so happy it filled me up with so much joy and comfort I know I say that all the time when I talk about fleece and thank you but it really did it made me really happy and um and I got to keep the blanket and everything that was really cool yeah sorry it's it makes me happy talking about it these are happy tears but yeah (laughs) it was the uh the polka dot one yep it was my it's like lavender on one side and then it's polka dot and I think it's green and pink and yep. this white background. Yep. Yeah, it's sitting in my bedroom right now. Awesome. I actually have two fleece and thank you blankets because during my third round of chemo, I got your sister as my nurse. Yeah, what a small world. Yeah, <laughs> and I told her, I was like, yeah, I know your brother. Like, I'm planning on doing this thing with fleece and thank you. She's like, oh, that's so cool. And she left and she came back with a blanket. <laughs> and that's the blue one that I had. That awesome. was a flocket yep. print. Yeah, yep. and so that's sitting with the other one in my bedroom still. Yep. Yeah, very cool. So you get this blanket, and did you know right away that you wanted to maybe, like, host a small event to make a couple more blankets, or did that idea come later? That idea came later when my one of my friends from high school, he was part of student government there, and he said that they really wanted to host, like, a run or something to help pay for my medical bills. And, like, we were already good. Like, we had, thank goodness for the, the children's special health insurance, the Michigan one. They were really helpful, and it was all great to have that. Like, we really didn't need that. And we were like, we should do something else. And I was thinking about all the foundations. My mom goes, you should do Fleece and Thank You. Uh, that was the best idea I've ever heard. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, and that's how that started. Um, I was like, yeah, let's just do that. I don't need thank you for the offer and everything, but yeah, I think we should do one of the foundations that really helped me and meant a lot to me. Mm-hmm. So that's how awesome. it all started. So first it was a smaller kind of event with just maybe friends, and then we went oh, to yes, the bigger Oh, yes, my birthday. Event. Yes. Yeah, I raised money for my birthday. Which is in what month? December. December, yeah. December yep. 16th is my birthday. Um, and yeah, so for my birthday, I think that was my what? That was my 17th birthday. I raised money through, I think, like, 
family and friends and that's what i got for that for my birthday i just had a blanket making day at my house with my friends and then i was already starting it was already in like the works to like start the big the big fundraiser and so it just kind of took off from there Mm -hmm. awesome that second semester did you also stay home then Mm -hmm. that semester too because you were still yeah Going through, still going through rounds yep. yeah and it was like it was worse then it got yeah. like worse as you went on so i was just there was definitely i was able to go to school i think three times in september three days in a row i went to school um wow it was not for like actual like class class i only did my last two classes of the day which was art and band yeah and then and then i had a round of chemo and then that just kind of stopped everything because mm-hmm. i just i couldn't handle it anymore is too hard on my body yeah sounded like the teacher support was really great coming from school and they were worked really well with you to get you everything you needed keeping friendships maintaining friendships and things did you find that to be really difficult um I know it's a thing for like a lot of like people who are in my situation but you really find out who your friends are it kind of weaves out the toxic and fake people Mm -hmm. um I noticed that yeah it kind of it a lot of people um, some people just stop talking to me, um, and that, that just it makes you realize who, like, your friends were and who, like, aren't, and, I mean, a lot of people came out and, like, were really supportive from my community, and, like, I still talk to some of them today. Mm-hmm. Like, I became close with them because of what I went through, yep. which was great, but a thing you do notice is when you get better... The people who acted like they were your friend while you were sick, they just stopped caring about it. Mm-hmm. And then even the people who were like, you thought they were your friend, like they actually were talking to you while you were sick. They're also one of the people that were just, that yeah. just gave up. Like I had, yeah, there, there were some friends where we were friends since like middle school and then I got better and then it just kind of went downhill from there. They just kind of didn't want to be my friend anymore. And it was weird. It was really weird because there was no, like, reasoning. I think they just didn't want to be yeah. hurtful while I was sick. But, like, I beat cancer. I right. can handle it. You yeah. know? Like, yeah. you don't know what you did to tell me. Like, I just, <laughs> I survived. Like, I went through this hard battle. Why didn't you just tell me beforehand? Yeah. Instead of causing me this pain after I've already gotten better, I guess. Mm-hmm. And it's just, but, but yeah, I, I you do, like, I've, I've made some good friends because of it. I've lost some people that I'm... I'm I'm kind of glad I lost because I don't need that negativity. You For know? sure, it's not it's not fun to have that around. For so. sure, yeah. What would you say to uh, so that's you would have been like 17, 18 years old at that time? Right? I was sixteen when I was diagnosed. Um, I had my 17th and then your seventeenth birthday. birthday that December. Yeah. Yep. What would you say to a seventeen-year-old today who's like going through a similar path? Just uh, what would be your advice? Um, it gets better, and like. It's hard because, like, like the middle school and high school, like, kids who have to go through this, it's so hard. Like, that's, like, a time when they're mm-hmm. just trying to figure out life. And, like, all these things are changing around them. And these there's people who are super mature and some people who are not. And when you go through something like this, you become the mature one. And it's hard to be around the people who aren't mature. For sure. So just realize that it will get fr- it will be frustrating, but just know that, you're not acting like a child. I guess that's a good way to look at it. You're you're the mature one. You're the one who's already, you were forced to grow up, and these people still need to grow up. And mm-hmm. so you have that, I guess, ahead of them. Like, I guess that could be something you could look at. And also, there is light at the end of the tunnel. 
I really didn't look at that at first. My first few months that I was sick, I really just was going through the motions. Um, I I really didn't have like an option. I just kind of was like, okay, yeah, I'll, I'll go through chemo, I'll go yeah. through radiation. Like, I I really just didn't. I wasn't positive at all. But like, you gotta stay positive. Like, not for you, just you, but also for your family, because they're going through a hard time too. And it's just, mm-hmm. I feel like that's something you got to think about, staying positive and knowing that you have grown up so much and that you've been through something that you should be proud of and that um, just, yeah, just don't listen to the negative people in mm-hmm. your life, especially with the whole friend thing. Yeah. You learn and it's it's good that you've like learned that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So. You, um, you said a phrase when we were talking before about it's so easy to hype up someone mm-hmm. and it takes so much effort to tear someone down mm-hmm. uh tell us more about that um well like i even thought this before i was sick yeah but, like when you want to make someone sad it takes so much effort to like mm-hmm. think about like what would make them mad what would make them upset and like it's so easy just to like look at someone and go hey i like your shirt like i like the color of your For shirt sure. like so and easy. that makes people smile and it makes people's day so i just don't i don't get it why people think like they go out there and intentionally like i'm gonna hurt your feelings right like so that's always something i, I try to like live by it's just easy to make people smile to make sure. people upset for sure you know? what is some of the like the best support you got obviously family was really there for mm-hmm. you but from friends um, just for those friends who, who have a friend going through something, give them like the tips and advice on what's the best thing that they can do to support. Um, just be there. And I know uh, even with the whole friend thing, I have friends that I'm so close today with, and it's hard for them. It's, it's hard to watch your friend be like go through it, and it's like you need to be there. It's so important to be there for your friend and not to just be – I know it's hard for you to watch, but it's so important that you're there. Mm-hmm. Like, I had a friend that came up every Thursday um, at Mott, because every Thursday was when the Michigan athletes would come mm-hmm. and visit. And he actually goes to Michigan now, but he was a, he's a huge Michigan fan. And he came up with his mom every Thursday. Oh, wow. And, like, they brought dinner. It That's was so awesome. much fun. Like, it made me so happy that they were there. And, like just be there just yeah. be there for them that's like all they can ask for like mm-hmm. you don't have to go out there and buy them a billion things you just be there for like, sure I don't know, just a, be there yeah, yeah it's powerful it's true mm-hmm. yeah presence is a powerful thing yes very. yeah mm-hmm. so um we come to the like the next year which would have been 2018 yep and you're getting towards the end and to the end mm-hmm. of chemo and so tell us about the joys of how that finishes and all that. Oh, it was so good to finish chemo. <laughs> I was so happy. And it started becoming a thing where I didn't have to be there all the time for chemo. I could drive up and just have like an infusion um, and not have to stay, which was awesome. great. And is that at, at a particular round that that always happens or um, is it different for every patient? I think patient? it's different for every patient. What changes to when you don't have to stay? I'm not quite sure i don't know i don't i i was just happy to hear the news just happy to hear it stay for four yep. days straight for sure hospital food for four days so straight. it's just you go you spend the day there mm-hmm. and go through the chemo and yep. then you get to leave yep and um the people at and at my on the seventh floor in infusion 
kind of became my family. Mm-hmm. Well, not there's some good people on the seventh floor. Some, I love the seventh floor. Shout like, out to staff. Mary Brakey. Mary Brakey's mm-hmm. a great human. There's some good people there. Yeah, like my I had this like crew, and it was Kristen, it was Mark, it was Amy and Ebony. And they were all the people who were at seventh floor and fusion. And I love them with my whole entire heart. Like, cause I got to know them even while I was going through like regular chemo and even like during radiation. Cause I'd go there for the Van Christine every Wednesday. And then once regular chemo started for the, for the blood infusions and the platelet infusions, I would go there. And so like you build up this relationship with them and it was, it was, I loved having them as like my main like nurses for yeah. chemo. Uh, when I had to be up there and they were so sweet and I they always kind of gave me this one room that I just preferred out of all the rooms because like it was always the coldest and it was great and we would always just sit up there and like I'd have my iPad with me they would come and visit we'd talk uh Amy would just come and sit in my room and just talk she's like well I gotta go I have another patient um but it was yeah they were they were great and I they you become like it's like a family up there and my last day chemo like the thing when it beeped, like saying that like it was done giving me my infusion, they I didn't I thought they just forgot about me because they just let it beep for a bit and I was like <laughs> oh, I was like really upset and they yeah. all come in my room with these huge banners saying like congratulations Hannah wow. and they're all cheering for me. That wow. was really good. That was really great. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. What a moment. Mm-hmm. Was were your parents in there for that moment? Yes, both yeah. my parents were there. Wow, um, something you'll never forget. Because they worked during the time I had all this, they would take turns, like, taking days off. So it was, like, back and forth, but they were both there for my last round. Yeah. Yeah. So everyone comes in with these signs, and that's that's it. And then after that, there's no more rounds of chemo, which is like, woo yay, yeah. that's awesome. Yeah. Then are there just follow-ups after that, like pretty regular follow-ups? Yes. At first, every three months, I would have a MRI on my brain and spine, and then I would meet with my oncologist. Um, And then of course, like the regular checkups, like for hearing and for eyes. Um, And so it's been every three months since then. And I actually just, I actually am having my last one on Friday for every three months. And then it will go to every six months. Wow, awesome. So yeah, this Friday I have uh, my last three month one. And it's also my last spine one. Wow. So it will go from like two hours in the machine, in the MRI machine, to 45 minutes. Great. And I'm very excited for that because I do not like being shoved into that hot tube for, for sure. a long period of time. So after Friday, it'll be every six months? Yep. And then is there a certain time period where then it will then get longer? Yeah, I think it's six? after every six months. Is it every five five years? After five years? Oh, after five years of every six months. Okay. Then it's like, it's, it's, I don't know what the time frame is, yep, but yep. yeah, it's, it's longer. For sure. Which is great. Yeah. Uh, after that junior year, at towards the end of junior year was when we pulled off the big, the big event, or was it? The, yes, it was yep. towards the end of junior year. Um, I think I had my spaghetti dinner in March. Yep. And then the blanket. So you were still going through rounds yeah, in March. Yeah, I was still going And then pulled rounds. off this amazing spaghetti dinner fundraiser, yeah. which was incredible. Yeah. I, uh, I had help from, like, people from my school. For sure. Um, but it was, it was also, they were also busy doing other things, too. So, like, it was easier for me just to, like, my, my, I, I stayed in my parents' bedroom because their bed's 
comfier than mine. <laughs> so I was that was basically for the whole time. For my whole, the, most of the time, yeah. My dad wow. had to sleep in my room a lot oh, of the time. Oh, that was very nice of you. Very <laughs> he, nice. Of you. He called it the <laughs> I princess. Did, suite. I never knew that. Wow. <laughs> yeah, he stayed at the That's princess hilarious. suite for like a good a good year. Um, and so I basically just stayed in my parents' bed all the time. And so that became like my home office. Right. I'd be texting people and sending out <laughs> emails and calling people all the time for all this stuff to make sure it was going to happen because I couldn't yeah. be there. I couldn't like leave. It was really hard for me to move. Mm-hmm. So it was just, yeah, it was, it was, my mom had this cooler and she packed my lunch and put food in there. So I didn't have to go downstairs Hilarious. for that. Yeah. And I just had Going that. up to the office. Yeah. The morning commute. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yep. That was, yeah, I just stayed up there. That's awesome. Yeah. So we pulled off an amazing event that spring. I mean, you just led something truly remarkable there. And then that summer um, was back to more of a normal summer for you, getting back into the um, swing of things. Yeah, it was. It was. We went to. Uh, I was actually before I got sick. I was supposed to go to Disney World uh, for just with my one of my friends. And then of course I had you know I found they found the tumor, so I couldn't go to Disney World anymore. So we planned that trip. My dad promised me that trip, so we got that trip, and that was really cool because like I got to have like my button that said like. I just finished, like, I beat cancer. Mm-hmm. And, oh, my gosh, the Disney World employees were so nice. Aww. Oh, my gosh. And even people who weren't employees were coming up to me and, like, That's telling awesome. me congratulations. That was really cool. And then I got my Make-A-Wish trip. Nice. Because I was under 18 when I was diagnosed. Um, I went to Disneyland. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> so I went to both of them so one, cool. in one so summer. So Disney World is Florida. Yeah. Land is California. Yes. <sighs> Good. And it was really cool for the Disneyland one, Make-A-Wish put this together I, I had three days in the parks and then one day was a tour around california and then one day was a tour of the walt disney studios wow that was so much fun the walt disney studios and like seeing all that we got to go in like walt disney's office and That's i met incredible. some amazing people and like we got to go in the animation building because at the time that's when they were anim- animating the um, second Wreck-It Ralph movie wow. that they had. And so I got to meet the writer, director, and producer of that. That's awesome. And they were so nice. They took me to the animation studio. They took me like behind the scenes and were like showing me. They actually had animators still animating the movie at that time. Wow. It was cool because actually one of them was from Gross Point. No way. The one we met. Yeah, he was. He was really. What does nice. that room look like? I'm picturing like a mission control with like monitors all uh, over the place and there was a few computers but like what they do with the animation studios is that each movie has their own like area like their own pod area so they don't like cross ideas got it and so it's, it was their own like area and they had all these different like things like the wall was painted like it was like a map of like neverland wow. from peter pan and they had all these different like disney things going like around the offices and everything and like artwork and like sketches everywhere and so like it was kind of like a basic like office area but like with a disney touch and it was like really open environment like it was really like lots of fun colors and everything Mm -hmm. and what they do is the animation building they decorate it like the whole main area to like the movie that was coming out next so it was all decorated for wreck it ralph awesome and that was really cool and like we were actually in the lobby and we're going up to the animation building and this one lady walks by and she says hi to the the director and like i'm just in awe and he's like do you know who that is and i'm like i know who Kristen bell is that's princess anna like she was (laughs) recording for frozen 2 wow and like that was so cool like i was just in shock i just said i just waved Uh (laughs) because like i was just so blown away and it was it was really it was really fun to like go see all that like because some of the people that we met on tour like that work there 
didn't even get haven't even been in the animation building because wow. only if you like work there and like yeah. if you're like an actor There's probably a lot of secrets in there yeah you can't just let anyone in yeah, yeah they can't yeah and that was it was really cool and um when we went to because we gotta uh go to like the the voice area where they record all the voices and everything yep. not just for the animation but like also for like marvel movies and stuff wow they uh they were there and they asked me like they were talking about different actors and I asked him about uh, Sebastian Stan. He plays Bucky Barnes. He's one of my favorite superheroes and I asked them like, oh, he's such a nice guy and like I just started crying in there. <laughs> I was like, really? And like it was cool because like a few months later, that's when they were filming for Toy Story Four, and they had a picture of Tom Hanks in this one booth and sitting in this one chair and I was like, I just that I was just in that booth so and cool. I was just in that chair. I was it was so cool just and it's even today they still like post things and I'm like I remember yeah. going in there and seeing all that and they were all so kind and like they had their own personal Disney store on the lot and like it was really cool to like be in there and the guy who's who actually is the manager of the Disney store for there he's been for a bit and he has this huge like Aladdin collection in the back of his in his back office all this signed Aladdin stuff because he's met like all the people from wow. like the movies and stuff and that was he actually gave me like a limited edition pin because I collect Disney pins mm -hmm. and um he he was like yeah I got it in 2002 and I was like oh I was I was almost two at that time <laughs> he's like don't make me feel old yeah that's a surefire way to make yeah, someone feel old <laughs> but like Make-A-Wish they did such a good job oh great Make-A-Wish yeah I they were so great and everything they had planned out and like I really appreciate everything they done they did for me. It yeah. was it was even throughout the time when I first got like matched with like my local like wish maker. They were always so sweet and like they kept giving me gifts and they kept sending me things and updating me and I I have a lot of the things they still like awesome. sent me and um yeah, the one she she's local because they're local. She actually like got her local salon to like give me a makeover and get, like they gave me a gift card and everything. And I I still go there. Awesome. Um, because they're just great and it's just all the good things that they did. It's, they're such a good foundation. Yeah, they're they're amazing. I really like them. You got to interact with a couple great nonprofits, and I know that's something you're passionate about is just bringing more awareness mm -hmm. to all of those. Talk a little bit more about that. Um. Well, when I was sick. Um, I started finding these, all these foundations, all these nonprofits, and just targeted towards, um, you know, pediatric cancer. And there was even some where they were just targeted towards teens, like Wish Upon a Teen, which is a Michigan one. Um, but I found, I, I, what I did is I told my oncologist about that, and she's like, you know what, you should make a list about it, like a list of all the ones and like review them and like, like say like how like do, are they still like active because unfortunately a lot of them are not active um that much or like have they just can't afford it and they just don't get as much like I don't know publicity as they like need um which is really hard I, I feel really bad because I they just they really help these kids like they they made me they make my day when I think about them and when I see them with all the like they post about all the things they're doing like the ones that are still active and it's just there could be so many more out there if like people like it was more obvious to them like yeah. if they like funded them a little more went to their like different charities and foundation like balls they have and stuff like that and it's just 
it was really hard to like see that that there was a lot of ones that weren't active anymore the ones mm-hmm. that i found but there there's ones all over the world i got this dream catcher i think from belgium there's this lady in Belgium. She makes dream catchers Aww, for kids who have awesome. cancer. And then this other lady, she makes friendship bracelets. Um, and there's this one foundation. It's called the Be Brave Badge. I think it's somewhere in the United States. And she makes, um, I like iron beads. She makes little like badges. Awesome. And so she asks you what you would want. And I, I'm a Disney fan, so I had Sully from Monsters, Inc. Mm-hmm. I still have mine. And I still have my bracelet. I still have my dream catcher. Um... But, yeah, I I did that. I mean, it was cool for me to receive the gifts and, like, all those care packages. But, like, I really didn't need that. It was more towards reviewing it and getting for all sure. that. So, like, most of the stuff I just ended up donating to Mott. Mm-hmm. Um, like, all the coloring books and pencils and everything. Even, like, a lot of the things, like, people gave me, like, coloring books. I kept some of them. Like, some of them I still have and, like, I've used. But, like... A lot of them I just, like, I don't really need. There's kids yeah. that are in the hospital that don't have that. But they can now have that if I donated to there. Um, and, like, lots of different toys. It's also hard because a lot of the foundations were for children. Mm-hmm. So they when, when they were told they have a 17-year-old or a 16-year-old who's looking for a box, it was kind of hard. It was hard for them yeah. to try to find something that, like, would work for my age group. So luckily there are, like a wish upon a teen, some great organizations specifically for teens. Yes. Um, I think wish upon a teen was the only one that I think was specifically towards teens. I don't, there might've been another one. Um, I don't really remember, but if you guys want to look, you still have the thing on your website, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. The list is on is on the Fleece and yeah. Thank You website. Yeah, so we, we worked together to make that packet. And now what's happening with that packet is really exciting. The Michigan Cancer Coalition, which is all of the nonprofits in Michigan that serve kids in the hospital, is now coming together to take on that project and like really make sure that that thing pushes, which is great because it needed a lot more driving behind it than just Fleece and Thank You. And now there's... 26 nonprofits that are all joining that project and so i'm excited for where that will go over the next couple months and mm-hmm. and we can get that thing out there because yeah. it needs to be out it there it needs to be and like there's even ones out there to like help families like financially like to help them because it's so expensive mm-hmm. and like it's like you don't expect it it's not it's not a cost you can plan for for sure and, and it's just and there's even great things where they do things for, like, your birthday. Like, the Confetti Foundation, they send you a birthday box for you to have a birthday party at the hospital. I actually had mine because uh, I had celebrated my 17th birthday, uh, my last day of chemo for my third round. Um, and they sent me one. They, it comes with, like, gifts, and it comes with these handwritten cards that are from everywhere. Because you can send in cards uh, as part of, like, I actually did this uh, a few times at my school where I... I made birthday cards and a bunch of people made birthday cards and we sent them in to there because they give, I think, like maybe 10, 5 to 10 cards each box. And awesome. they're from everywhere and you write from like the back. Like I think one was, I remember one was from Texas and it was from this little kid and like you could barely read what it said, but it was so cute. Like Aww. it's just so great. Like it's again with like fleece and thank you. Like there's so many people supporting you and you don't even know who's out there like supporting you, but it just means so much that they're doing that. For sure. So that was, that was really cool. Yeah. Yeah. There's some great, I know there's one that like they'd bring like a horse to your birthday. Incredible. Or they make like a birthday cake. Um, I know there's this one that would paint like shoes 
for you. Like you send in your shoe size. I still have my shoes. Um, I don't remember the name of was the foundation. Was that Peach's Neat Feet? Yes. They yes. have a little peach Great painted yes. on the back of their shoe. I yep. got Pixar characters. Nice. I got Mike and Sully, and then I got the Pixar ball, the Luxo ball, and the Luxo lamp, and, like, Woody's on there. So cool. It's so cool. I still have – yeah, mine – yeah, they're sitting in my closet right now. I only wear them when I go to Disney because I'm afraid I'm going to ruin, right. ruin them. Oh, it's a special shoe. Yeah, got to save it for a special, special occasion. Shoe. Yeah. So uh, senior year comes around. You are able to hopefully get back into some of those activities. Did you do band senior year in theater? Um, I still played in band, but I didn't do marching band. I didn't think I could do marching band camp and, like, do practices and stuff. For sure. Because, like, it was less than a year than I was out of chemo yep. and all those would be. So, like. But you still got to play Yeah, I still bit. got to play in class. Good. And then theater. What do you play? I played the bass clarinet. Cool. I don't play it anymore because. I'm pre-med in college. I don't have time uh-huh. <laughs> for a lot of that stuff, which I, I wish I did. Like, I yep. wish I still did band and theater, but I just don't. I can't. Yep. can't do it in college. But, um, yeah, for theater, I actually became the president awesome. of the theater troupe, um, which was great. And, like, I started in the productions and everything, and I was still involved with, like, clubs. I actually uh, – I never got student government. It's funny because now I'm on student government at my university, but I never was able to join student government. Um, just my own, because I was involved with so much. Like, I was in Key Club. I was in NHS. Um, I'm probably forgetting clubs, and I'm sorry <laughs> if anyone hears this and I was in your club. I'm sorry. <laughs> um, but back at it, like, getting in back mm-hmm. into a lot of things, which probably well, felt great. Mm-hmm, and yeah. then you get to the end of senior year, and it's time for the big college choice. Yes. Um Toured lots of schools. Yep. But uh, my great aunt went to Siena Heights in um, 1967 is when she graduated. Um, and when she found out that I toured Adrian, she's like, oh, it's right there. So she's like, go tour Siena Heights. So she really tried. And I was there, and I, re- I really liked it. I wasn't sure. But I don't know. Something about it. I was like, I, I'm, it, was, it was my top choice. And... She's like, just choose it. Like, she kept sending me all the Siena Heights stuff. And I was like, you know what? I'll do it. I'll go to Siena Heights. And I'm so so happy that I went to Siena Heights. Awesome. Because I've made so many friends, so many great – I've met so many great people there. And I just – I really like it there. I really do. And it was a really good choice. And it's such – it's a really small school. And so you – it's this community that, like, it doesn't feel like a high school – I mean, I'm pretty sure for some people it might. Mm-hmm. Just I don't know what groups they're in. But, like, for me, it doesn't feel like a high school. It just feels like this community. Yeah. And I really like it. Like, you know everyone. And, like, they're all so happy to be there, I feel like. And it's just it's just so much awesome. fun. And, and, like, I've met so many people that are just like me. That, like, my senior year, because of everything that happened with my junior year and, like, losing all those friends, I only had a few friends left. And, like, I just felt so lonely, and I was like, I can never make friends. Like, mm-hmm. I'm just, maybe it's just me. No, you, you find out it's not you. It's not you at all. Yeah. And then going into school, I've made so many great friends, so many friends that I know I'll be with for years and years mm-hmm. and years. And I'm so thankful for that. And, like, college is really fun. I yeah, really, good. It's a really good decision to choose Siena 
and to get into the clubs I chose to get into, even though people told me you shouldn't be in all these clubs, <laughs> still joined all those clubs. I'm still awesome. part of all of them. Good. So and an RA coming up. Yes, I will be a uh, uh, in Res Life, an RA in one of the dorms. Awesome. Um, and then I'm also on student government. Uh, I'm on the executive board. I'm their treasurer. Doing big things. Yes. And I'm a part of their doctor's club, their club med, which is great. They're doing great things. And then, like, I'm part of their uh, sustainability committee. Mm-hmm. I'm part of the Green Light, which is their environmental awareness club. I'm involved with the campus ministry and everything. And it's just all these great clubs. I can see now why the instrument had to take a back seat. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah rightfully so yeah and no like, that's awesome yeah and also i couldn't have played bass clarinet when i was there they already for had sure. too many bass clarinets oh I was, okay well, i was not willing to go back to clarinet for a reason then. Yeah, yeah it was just, it was kind of a sign yeah and did then, you know that you were going to be pre-med before all this happened or did this inspire that yeah this inspired that it i did. actually wanted to go into um shoot forensic science uh-huh really wanted to do that but something uh kind of changed my mind with remembering that forensic science they had to sometimes cut open the skull to get to the brain to yeah. like weigh it <laughs> with all that and like the whole like thing with uh cutting into heads just kind of yeah i used to like medical stuff used to not bother me like that just that specifically fine because i did classes and stuff like that but like when you have brain surgery like that kind of stuff is like a little bit ugh. for sure like, it's hard to think about um so I, my, I was planning on doing pediatric oncology, um, what I went through and like, it's still on the table for mm-hmm. me, but like, I'm almost worried if that would be too much for me, mm-hmm. like too hard for me, yeah. but like, I really just want to do it because I know what they're feeling, mm-hmm. you know? Um, so it's just still, I'm still considering it, but then I was, but then also a thing I'm considering is, um, becoming an OBGYN mm-hmm. or just a gynecologist, um, doing that that's also up there you've um, got some time to oh yeah about it. i'm only a, starting my sophomore year of my yeah. undergraduate i still have to apply to med school and yeah. everything um so you don't have to specify anything until that so yeah you've got the whole rest yeah. of undergraduate so i'll probably if you ask me in a year I'll probably be a yep. different field i'm thinking about like a fighter pilot even, <laughs> maybe. who knows i actually what inspired me um was the same day I met you I actually met this one nurse and she was in my position when she was younger she had leukemia wow and she became a nurse and that's what inspired her and I was like oh that's so great yeah what a story like I've always wanted to just help people and such and like when that happened to me I was like I think I should become a doctor wow and then she said that and i was like it just basically it stuck with me from then on that she she inspired me i i took a photo with her and i do not remember her name but she was so sweet and wow. like when she told me that cause she was actually there the day that mott opened wow yeah i think it what was a story like, it's opened like i think it's been open for like almost 10 years now mm-hmm. so she was there the day it opened and she was on the same floor that she was working on wild uh, so that's what inspired me to want to do that awesome mm-hmm. well whatever you end up choosing in the medical field i know it's going to be great thank you you'll make the right choice for sure um i'll probably put you on the spot here with one of our last questions and this would be um you know i did not prepare hannah for this question so in all fairness to her i guess the question would be i mean you've you've done so many amazing things in your life beating cancer is one of many mm-hmm. for you is beating cancer 
like something that you want to identify with leading or do you prefer to say, Hey, I, I think it is great that I beat cancer, but I want you also, you know, new person to think about all the other things I've done and not just evaluate me on that. Yeah. I want people to look at my whole resume, I guess, with everything I've done, but I feel like beating cancer made me the person I am mm-hmm. today. And like, it's nothing to be ashamed of, mm-hmm. and it's definitely, like, I mean, you can keep it. You you don't have to tell. You, it's your choice if you want to tell people, if you want to tell people your story, if you want to even let people know that you were sick at one point in your life. It's your choice. I chose to just let people know. Mm-hmm. When I went to high school, and I live in such a small community, everyone knew, even people today. Like, this one lady stopped me at a grocery store when I was doing spring break before, like, everything started, like, happening. She's like, you're Hannah Thomas. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, Look I'm the Hannah local Thomas. Celebrity. And, um, it, I just, when I went to Siena, I was like, it's such a small university in this community. I really don't care who people, what people know, especially mm-hmm. if people dug back on my Instagram. For sure. Like, from two years ago, three years ago, they would have found it anyways. So it wasn't really something I, like, cared if people knew. Um, I, that was one of the first things I told all my friends when I hung out with them. Like once we started like becoming like good friends, I told them I was like, yeah, I had cancer when I was younger. Mm-hmm. And I just, then they'll periodically ask me questions about it. I don't mind. I don't mind answering it. Yeah. Even, even the people who like, I know that this probably any other cancer, uh, survivor or patient has known this, but they want to hear your story. Even the people who didn't even ask if I minded, I still told them, mm-hmm. but like, don't feel pressured to tell them just because I told them and stuff. If someone, yeah, yeah, because people, I feel like people need to be a little bit more conscientious about that. Yeah, that was yeah. something we had talked about before that it's yeah. important, and this is a good tip for other people to know that to ask for that permission. Yeah, it's important yeah. to ask because it's their, it's their story and they have the right to share it. Mm-hmm. You don't have the right to barge in on it, um, and. But yeah, I don't mind it. I really don't. If it helps people, it helps people. And like people usually tell me that like when I'll tell them my story and like what I've done from me being sick, they're like, oh, you're so inspiring. Like it inspires me to go do something like that. And like that's kind of what I want when mm-hmm. I tell people because usually when I say that I was sick, I usually usually I usually plug fleece and thank you in for <laughs> that's we like the main that. one. Well, we I wear my fleece that. and thank, thank you bracelet you. every day. Thank I've been you. wearing it for like what like two and a half years now. Yeah, yeah. So I um so yeah I've had it on forever and so usually people will ask me about it. I wear my fleece and thank you shirts around campus all the time and I talk about it all the time and hopefully I'll bring it to campus. So it's just it's a part of me. Um, and like, I just feel comfortable talking about it. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like it almost made me a better person a little bit. Cause you, you understand things better. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, you said you grow up quicker. Yeah, you, and... grow up, you mature so fast and it's just, you understand that like people go through hard things in life, whether it, you know, it's different heart problems or cancer. It's just, it's, it's, I, that's why I feel like it also made me a better person, but also, you understand that people hurt in different ways. My least favorite thing that people say to me is they are afraid to tell me about their problems because they'll always go, but it's nothing what you went through. Mm. And like, no, people hurt in different ways. A paper cut might be something so, it, it's, it's so small. It yeah. feels like to me, I feel like it's so small. But like to other people, it might be this huge big thing. It might hurt so much that like, you can complain about it. It's mm-hmm. like you can, if you understand, like, 
even the fact that people like even notice that like it's like I understand what I'm feeling is like so much like it's not it's not cancer like I mean if you understand like good but like also it's just we all go through different things Mm -hmm. and we all we all experience pain in different ways so it might hurt someone and it's just you shouldn't have to compare your your pain to other people's pain that's something that I've I've noticed a lot of people are like oh you you but you've went through this and it's just like I went through that, but you're going through this, and it's it's still it's still hurtful for you. You can still talk about it, you know. Don't feel shy of like saying that to me. Mm-hmm. And so, like, I always just like listening to people and making sure like how I can help them because I just really I like helping people. So like when they come to me, I don't want them to think like that. Like I'm thinking mm-hmm. how what I went through is so much worse. Like how I'm just comparing what I went through to what they're what they're going through because I just feel like that's that's not fair to them. Mm-hmm. And, like, for me, I don't think you should think that way, especially if you've been through something like that. Um, that's another tip if, like, I know it, it bothers me. So, I mean, it probably bothers other people. But, like, for sure. if you're – don't be afraid as someone who has had cancer and you're complaining to them. Don't – I just – for me, just don't be afraid to talk about, like, I'm going through this. And don't try to compare it, you know? It's mm-hmm. just don't compare it and don't treat you any less normal. Yeah. Just yeah. like if you would complain to a friend, complain yeah. to me, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, cool. I think I think we're going to wrap it up there, so I'm going to give you the mic here for any final thoughts. If there's anything you feel like we didn't cover that you didn't say that you really wanted to say that was on your heart to share, and then and then we'll wrap it up. Um, I don't really have anything else to share except like thank you for having me of course i love being a part of like the fleece and thank you family it's been so much fun you guys have a special place in my heart likewise, um, and also, likewise. thank you uh also like every foundation of whoever's like listening to this have like helped me thank you so much like you all mean so much to me and like i still do i still try to help with wish upon a teen and nancy's great and like all these local foundations like thank you guys for being there and like doing all these wonderful things to people uh for people who are who've been in my situation and kids who have different problems and such like it's very important that you're there and like know that you're doing something that's touching the hearts of so many people and it's Mm -hmm. just so amazing um that's that's all and uh, i guess shout out to my family and my friends <laughs> that's it <laughs> to do that way plug. to take advantage of the podcast <laughs> yeah. microphone when you have the microphone you have the power well done i appreciate that well yeah thank you to to the thomas family and specifically to you you know you said that you love to help and i know that there's parts of sharing that story that aren't always easy to share but you share it because you know it's going to help someone and i know that this conversation is going to help someone that's going to listen to it so thank you for the time and and for sharing and for being such a huge support system to all of you for Fleece and thank you. Um, just, yeah, excited to see uh, what, the, you know, the future from here. Uh, you go on to become a doctor and do amazing, amazing things in life, and we will still uh, be staying friends throughout all of that, no doubt about that. So thank you, and thanks to everyone for listening to this episode of Part of Our Fabric, a special Childhood Cancer Awareness Month edition. This was a conversation with the Hannah Thomas, the local celebrity, Um, a great one to to listen to and a great one to be a part of. So thank you, Hannah. Thank you all. And the world is round, friends. I will see you again.